Good day. This is Murphy and Friends. I'm here again on the podcast. I'm excited. I have a young woman here who has written several books. She's been writing for quite a while, but she's only been an author. She only claims that she's been an author for eight years or maybe a little bit more. And her name is uh, Anthena, Anthena Dente. Okay, we're going to be talking about her book, Francesca's Journey. She has two books. Would you, we'll just give something about Francesca's journey. Would you like to say something? Yes, hi, good afternoon, everyone. Um, yes, uh, my name is Athena Dent. Um, I've been writing for 30 years. I'm a universal writer, I'm a ghostwriter and a screenwriter, and I'm a self published author. I'm a, I've been an author for 11 years. I've written six books, self-published five books, and Francesca's Journey is my third novel. And Francesca's Journey is based on my personal professional experience working with foster care families for eight years in the city of New York. And it's based on a little girl who goes to foster care. And it basically talks about her challenges but also her triumphs. Oh yes, now she, when you introduce her into the book, she's a very little girl, isn't she? Yes, she is. She's eight years old. And what's, what is significant about her? What's significant about Francesca is that she's very mature for her age. Um, she has an old spirit. Um, she was very well raised by her parents, um, even though one is deceased at the time of when she is introduced into the story. Um, she has a very loving and close bond with her mother, and her mother taught her so much in such a short period of time. So, you know, it, it, she has so much character for a little girl her age. Okay, something happens, something happens that changes Francesca's life forever. Well, her mother faces a life-threatening illness and soon passes. And so Francesca is basically placed in a situation where she needs a guardian to look after her and lo and behold there is the grandmother of the neighborhood Miss Robinson whom all of the children young some are grown moved away uh, have been nurtured by her so she takes Francesca under her wing um, she actually loves Miss Robinson very much and respects her so it, it makes the relationship and the transition um, pretty easy for her even though it's still very hard for her losing her mother. I certainly understand that because uh, when my mother died my youngest children were one, they were, they're twins and I'm in Westchester not having any support system and this lady came around Miss Matthews who just embraced my children and they embraced her from one years old unfortunately until Miss Matthews died that was their 
grandmother. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful experience. But other things happened to Francesca. Uh, she left something in her mother's apartment. Yes. So at the time when Francesca, you know, finally uh, was placed in Miss Robinson's home, um, she had to go back to get a few things from her old uh, apartment. Um, so she, you know, Miss Robinson felt she was responsible enough, so she ventured off by herself. And while in the apartment, she encountered um, the super of the building who had happened to knock on the door and whom she knew of and whom she knew of to be a nice person. So she didn't think anything of it to let him in. Um, So, you know, she let him in and she proceeded to go about getting the last of her things. And unfortunately, um, he took advantage of Francesca and she was sexually violated. You know, in in many low-income communities versus other communities, we assume because a child has can do various things that a child can do a lot of things on her own and which the child is not able to na- navigate what's happening to her and can see what may be in the future. How did Francesca handle this? Because this is problematic. And when your books are, are geared to young as- adolescents until until high school. How does she handle a man that she knows has taken advantage of her? The fact that, you know, Francesca has this old spirit and even though her mother's deceased, she talked to her mom every single day. When you read the book, she has many conversations with the spirit of her mom. And at this time, while she's being sexually assaulted by this gentleman, well, not no, even a no, gentleman, no. by the super of the building. She's talking to her mom. She's seeking comfort. She's seeking guidance. She's seeking answers as to why this is happening to her. She doesn't understand why would somebody that knows her and whom she thought to be a nice person would do that to her. And Lo and behold, she even throughout this experience, she remained very reserved in control because her her mother's spirit was speaking to her. At one point in at that time, she actually thought to try to do something in self-defense, but her mother guided her not to so that she could survive. And unfortunately, you know, the act took place. And how funny enough, the super was apologetic thereafter, even though the damage was already done. And he didn't harm her any further. We look at that as an achievement or... Do we look at it as a crime because he was apologetic? Many abusers, domestic abusers, whether they're mm-hmm. abusing their <coughs> wife or their children, always apologizes when they get caught. Of course. Uh, nothing else seems to have happened to them because 
will young girls who read this, will they perceive it's okay as long as the man apologizes? Well, no. In this case, there was retribution um, for his crime against Francesca. Um, Francesca, oddly enough, didn't take his apology very well. And it took her some time before she finally told Miss Robinson. She actually was afraid to tell her because she thought Miss Robinson was going to harm him. Because that's how protective Miss Robinson was of all the children in the neighborhood. She was a very protective and loving person. Um, she would be the first person to pick up a frying pan and clobber <laughs> anybody whom she thought was harming any of the children in the neighborhood. So she finally got up the courage to tell Miss Robinson what he had done to her. And just as she thought that is what Ms. Robinson's reaction was. She was literally headed to find him and Francesca begged her not to do anything. However, because Ms. Robinson knows better, she had to sit down and explain to Francesca that this man had to pay. He had to be punished for what he did to her, that it was not okay that he violated her, that it was not okay that he felt that by apologizing it would excuse him of his actions. So she did inform the authorities. He was arrested. And not only did he have to certain time in jail, but he also had to pay community service. And he also had to have a mediation meeting with Ms. Robinson and Francesca to again explain or and in other words apologize again for his actions and you know um, Ms. Robinson had to explain to Francesca that you know you have people who do things like that they're sick inside there's something that's lacking in their own personal lives lack of love lack of self-esteem lack of confidence. Some people have urges that they cannot control. So, you know, Ms. Robinson made sure that she really explained to Francesca that this was not her fault. And young ladies and young men, because you have young men that get violated also. Absolutely. They need to understand when they read this book, and the, the great thing and the reason why I composed the book the way it did, you know, it is it's geared towards young people from the ages of 13 and 21, but it's also great for educators, for teachers who want to um, do something effective in their classroom, um, increase literacy, um, help with uh, social development amongst their students, and increase group and class discussion. And what it, what it does, there's a threefold. It, it teaches children that foster children are no different than anybody else. They're human beings, they're not aliens. Um, they've just gone through different circumstances in their life, that's one. Two, the book also teaches young people to be more compassionate and understanding of what foster children go through when they enter foster care. And three is to educate also parents too that these are the things that you're probably not even aware of that foster children go through 
on so many different levels. And, you know, in the back of the book, there's 14 questions. So if a teacher was to give this to his students, each student can do a paper. They can give their views based on how they felt about the book and how the book related to them, each or his or herself. Absolutely. Um, this is an important discussion. Uh, and many times when we read the novel, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, mm. uh, Maya Angelou was, was, was a self-imposed mute mm -hmm. for years because we began to blame ourselves. And it's always, not always, I shouldn't say that, but the nice person, the person that you would never think would do such a thing. What should I do if I'm 10, 11, 15 years old and this happens to me? Well, the first thing you sh I feel that a young person that age should do is go to a person that they can trust. And you know, that, that word trust is a very hard thing because unfortunately you have situations where you have coaches, teachers, these are people who teach your children every day. They're in contact with your children every day through sports, through education. And unfortunately, in some cases, they turn coat and they wind up hurting our children. But I still say, find somebody who you think you can trust, whether it is a neighbor or whether it is one of your friends moms or parents go to someone you think you can trust and tell them what happened to you and if you can go to your own parents if you're fortunate enough to have a parent or parents go to your parents and tell them what happened explain to them in that and it's okay if you have to cry you cry because at least they'll see that this is a serious situation that has actually happen to you but you must tell someone even if you don't think you want to tell your parents if you know your fireman in your neighborhood if you know mr smith at the bodega tell someone that this is what happened to you and if they could help you tell the police i but had a student one time where the uh, bodega man was taking her to the back that was Mm. My first case at, and uh, when I started to work at the Board of Education in New York City, it was the bodega man, and uh, mm. the child told another child, which mm -hmm. of course got to me. Mm -hmm. And what happened, uh, the parents were ang furious mm. with me for telling them that. And from what I understand, this has gone on for a while. Mm and the police were involved, the whole thing. And the police told the parents, shut up. Mm -hmm. Your daughter has been raped over and over again, and you're mad at the social worker. So, it, it, you know, children are caught in this bond. Yes. Can I, will my parents believe what I said? Mm -hmm. And this man in the bodega was no relationship. I don't understand why the father was angry at me mm -hmm. for exposing it. I exposed it because the teacher told me, and the teacher is a, a, a reporter 
why tell me when you're able to do it yourself? Mm. Uh, because nobody, the frightening things for the audience out here, that nobody wants to take that responsibility. And it's true. That they, they back up and say, well, I, you know, I, I heard about I'm not sure. Yes. And make all kinds of excuses. So if, if Mr. Jones is raping me on a daily basis. Right. Who am I going to go? Where am I going to go? And I say, you tell your story until somebody. Listens. Believes you. And somebody will. Somebody will believe you. Even if your parents say, hush, you don't need to tell anybody that. No, you mm -hmm. go to someone that will not just listen, but will go to the authorities and tell them this is what has happened to you. But there is somebody who will listen. So don't be afraid not to speak. Yes, I think that that is very important, especially when there's relatives. I had, that was one of my first cases when I was at the board. One of the last cases is that uh, a young girl, her mother had uh, mental issues, so she went to live with her, she and her brother, with an aunt, and the aunt's son was mm -hmm. molesting her on a regular basis. When she did tell the social worker, the aunt kicked her out of the house. And these are real issues. It's yes, they I wish are. I, I wish I could make it up. No, you can't because uh, I, I understand because, uh, like I said, I was a social worker, child welfare, s child welfare specialist with one of the biggest foster care agencies in New York City, the oh Administration yes. for Children's Services. And these mm -hmm. stories are real. It's, it's unfortunate that, you know, your own blood mm -hmm. doesn't take, you seriously well if she gone. did she would have to throw her son out right of course she would, she would have to bring her she would have to acknowledge that her son is a registered sex offender right and you know they don't want to do that of course that's true and uh it is very whether it's a <coughs> boy or girl whether she's eight or whether she's 16 it is a difficult situation to be in mm -hmm. and especially if you've got no one to take you after this happens, That's true. where are you going to go? When I grew up, I'm a Bronxite, when I grew up, I had no relatives. If something happened to me, where am I going to go? Right. So I prayed all my life, I have four children, that I would be there for them. Mm -hmm. or, or either I would designate somebody that they can always go to if something happens. Uh, I think Francesca is a a story that people need to hear. Uh, I'm glad that she turned out okay and recognizes that she's one. They don't even have a number because so many people haven't told what has happened to them. I mm -hmm. uh, had a student, I taught at Lehman College for 35 years. This woman was so put together and she wrote me a story. Mm. Her mother's good friend was babysitting for her because the mother worked at night. Mm. The n neighbor's good friend's son was molesting her for years. And and I know, we call that, everyone, the identified child. Yes. Because if the mother had to do something, she would have to take off from work. Yes. And you know I can't take off from yes. work. And it comes to the point, and believe me, all that are out there that are hearing my voice, 
where your mother, rather than lose her job, rather than use her relationship with whomever this other person is, you become the identified problem. Mm. That is so true. Her that sister so true. didn't even believe her. And this man, where we left it, this man had a little girl for a child. Mm. What's going to happen to that little girl? That this man is very, very sick in my opinion. Yes, then that's scary because sometimes in those cases, um, the father will wind up doing it to the daughter, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, it's, it's a scary cycle in a lot of families, mm -hmm. uh, incest. Um, I had colleagues who had cases where that persisted. Um, it went on for years and, and, you know, even one particular case where it was actually cultural, um, this being, um, uh, Indian family and the father was doing this to one of his daughters and the daughter was petrified but she spoke up and they removed her from the home and they fought tooth and nail um again you know how dare you american people mm -hmm. infringe upon your laws mm -hmm. upon our culture mm -hmm. but this family was instantaneously reminded that number one look at where you are you're in america number two we have laws we have laws to protect children in this country and then it's unacceptable what you're doing to your own daughter so you, there are consequences for your actions. And, you know, I actually saw her one time. Um, this is when she was placed in a force home. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a little difficult placing her due to her culture, but they were able to find a family for her that, you know, that took her. They didn't, it, it didn't matter the fact that she was um, from another culture. Um, this was a very loving foster home, and, you know, they were willing to take her and, you know, take care of her until the situation was rectified. So, well, I don't think, you know, if it's cultural, I don't, I don't think it's going to be rectified. Uh, I know a family whose mother died and the father took the eldest daughter as his not of course this is United States right not legally but that was his woman right and uh, <laughs> you know I'm the social worker people tell me these things I have to deal with it and the problem is is that you never see the parent can take the child out of school right never see that child again that is true and uh, that's problematic but I hope everybody who reads this gets something uh, uh, get something out of it. If you ask me, I think maybe one in five children are molested uh, by someone the family may know, whether it be somebody in the religious order or f someone in the building. It's rarely like s uh, something two weeks ago where somebody gets you off the street and bring you into an alley. Th th though that happens, and I think everybody should learn some sort of form of self-defense. Right. But, uh, I would say probably one in five people. When women get together and start telling their stories, it's a whole different 
platform. And maybe that's why a lot of men like to marry people, women that are so much younger than them, because they get that satisfaction right. of having a, a, a young girl, basically, right. that they marry. But that's, that's just my suggestion. Please go read Francesca's Journey. Now, tell me, I understand that you've written another book called The Emerging Cocoon. It's about women. They like to sit together and have a little coffee and talk a lot of uh, trash, and they decide to go away together. Tell me about that book. Well, Emerging Cocoon uh, is my fourth book, and it's actually a sequel of my first book titled Silk. Um, Silk is about five generational women, professional women, actually, um, but each woman goes through her own life-challenging situation. Um, you have one woman, single mother, in her 20s. You have one professional woman who is in corporate America. She's in her 30s. You have another professional woman. She's a news anchor. That's Sylvia. She's in her 40s. And then you have the two queens who are in their 50s, they've both been married 25 years. And you have Joy, you have Sylvia, you have Margaret, and you have Jenny. So these women, and this, this story takes place in the South, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, these are very sophisticated women. They're all professionals. They love each other. They accept each other for who they are, flaws and all. And in this sequel, uh, they decide to take a trip because, you know, number one, they can afford it. Um, they kind of help Joy. You know, Joy, when you read Silk, she's struggling as a single mother. It's very emotional. It's very challenging. She has three children, uh, two of them by different fathers. But in the sequel, she is an interior decorator. She's professional. She has her own business. So she really has come a long way. So they all, they, they throw different names in a hat, China, Barbados, Africa. So finally, the choice was made to go to Belize. And, you know, everybody's just excited. Everybody's looking forward to it. But then... With friendships, friendships come with a lot of different doors. You open one door, it's an emotional hayride. You open another door, there's drama. You open another door, there's tragedy. You open another door, there's triumph. So this is the, these are the different doors that are open while they're on this trip and you have to read the book to find out if their friendship actually lasts. Oh, you've got two books out here. How do I get it? How, you've got one book that you is geared for young people, parents, and educators. So where do I get these books from? So my books are available through various uh, outlets. Uh, the first outlet is my website. Could you give me the names of the books again? Sure. So we have 
Francesca's Journey, which is my young adult education book. And we have Emerging Cocoon, which is my literary fiction novel. And they're both, along with my other books, I have Silk, I have One of a Kind Love, which is about an interracial love story. And I also have a new book coming out next month, which is going to be my poetry book. And they all can be found on my website, which is www.unlimited.artist.com. And the other outlets that you can find my books are Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and also my publisher, BookLocker.com. Oh, that's exciting. And you want parents, educators, uh, organizations like I went to Sister to Sister about doing various things with young girls. I am with Good for Girls, and we do a variety of things. We introduce different jobs and way one should behave. But I think some of the things I don't know, which everyone does, needs to deal with what's happening on your private life for real. Mm -hmm. So it's okay that I share. could be any kind of problem. Exactly. It could be serious physical abuse. We know that parents have put their children, I don't care how old they are, once, once they do that, the child believes that I'm supposed to be beat. I, my very good friend believed that she was supposed to be beat. Mm -hmm. And uh, that book, Francesca's Journey, could help young girls, parents, even if parent is uncomfortable talking about it, just give the child the book. Yes. And let the child bring questions to you. Exactly. Now for me, my daughter's birthday is a week from now. Mm -hmm. I had a friend, we were not personal friends, but my daughter, she was right between my daughter and myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like 12 years older than her, and she's like 12 years older than my daughter. My daughter had someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us must find and not be jealous that your daughter's more friends with Sheila than with you. She tells more things of, uh, to Sheila because these are personal things. They're things that you know of their audience that you haven't shared with your parents. That is true. So uh, just everyone buy it. Put it as a Kwanzaa present because Kwanzaa, we're supposed to give things to each other where we learn from it and not and not just the two or three hundred dollar sneakers I can't believe that our people are paying that much for sneakers but that's a that's a whole nother thing yes um, so I yeah I'm so glad that you said that because my whole premises of being a writer and becoming a self-published author because I tried for two years to get an agent and I couldn't and it's very, very challenging industry. And my husband, he said, you know what? You're resourceful, you're intelligent, you're compassionate. You can do it yourself. And the main premises, the underlying foundation for all of my novels is to educate, 
heal and inspire. And what I'm doing with each and every one of my books, I do public speaking mm -hmm. engagements. Um, Francesca's journey, I actually was blessed enough to have it incorporated. Um, I presented a project to the YMCA of Yonkers, to the executive director, uh, Vincent uh, Taliaferro, and he was gracious enough to have his two counselors read the book. They loved the book. He eventually read it himself after their recommendations, and he allowed me to come in and do an introduction to 12 of the after-school children that attended the after-school program, which is called the YMCA Clubhouse. And out of those 12 young people, seven of them read my book. Some read half, one-third, three-fourths. And I was actually impressed that they did that because this is during school where, you know, they have school, they have homework, they have after-school activities. So to make a long story short, um, I gave them a book club party. I bought gifts and snacks. I gave each of them a certificate. I gave a certificate to the YMCA uh, club staff. I thanked them for their generosity, for allowing me to come in to bring my story to these young people. And so my goal is to get Francesca's journey into every middle high school in the country and I'm going to do it one school at a time and for my other book Emerging Cocoon I'm going to work on getting that into various places such as domestic violence shelters because what it talks about it doesn't just talk about friendships it talks about courage and self-preservation and healing so every one of my books I'm using my books to help humanity thank you thank you so very much